and welcome back to the podcast that's thankful for you, the listener. Thank you, the listener. Thank you. We should get more of those. But still, thank you, you know? <laughs> tell your friends, um, tell your grandma, tell everybody you know uh, that we're hilarious, but still thank you. So, did you see, uh, you remember Blake Martinez, right? Sure. Oh, yeah, Pokemon card guy. Yeah, did you see yeah. he retired two uh-huh. days after he sold that Pokemon, Pokemon card? Yeah, I saw that. I did. Think about, like, how many random people have probably had that exact same God, Pokemon card. I just didn't know it. Yeah, it was worth, like, $700,000. I remember going to, like, the Pokemon movie when I was, like, eight. Yeah. And they gave you, like, a holographic, like, mm-hmm. Mewtwo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was determined I'm never going to lose this. No. I lost, like, three days Immediately. later. You didn't even get home. Are you okay? I threw it out the car home. window, maybe. <laughs> you just frisbeed that bitch. <laughs> no, I remember going to the same movie, getting the same car. I feel like half the thing about car collecting... And I'm sure one of our millions of listeners is a car collector, so we're going to sound dumb. But half of it is like just knowing about what you're getting. You know what I mean? Because normal people are just going to be like, oh, okay, this is whatever. But that's the that's the million dollar one. That's the Blake Martinez. Did you see like the Logan Paul thing where he bought a card for $2 million? And it was a sham, right? And, and it was fake, and they authenticated it. Oh. And honestly... Well, then can he sue the authenticator? I've seen, like, oh, Pawn yeah. Stars before. Yeah. And they'll just, like, take, like, a magnifying glass to, like, George Washington's signature and be like, <laughs> it looks real enough. Yeah, I think I've seen them. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm married to an art teacher. I know how precise people can be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't believe any of it. <laughs> you see some great forgeries there, <laughs> So, let's start. Okay. The Green Bay Packers no. play okay. the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles played your favorite team. That's right. Indianapolis Colts. That's right. So, can you give us a quick breakdown? What do the Eagles do well? What do they do poorly? Are they actually going to play special teams? Because if they do, we're probably in trouble. Overall, I think they're going to do... They do play special teams. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, We're in trouble there. Uh, Second, I think... Even though they played the Colts close, I think they do a good job of kind of bottling up everything. Because even with, like, the big Jonathan Taylor run... Like a Shakira song, right? Was she Jeannie in a bottle? No, that's Christina Aguilera. Oh, fuck. Damn it. Come on. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) They, They bottle everything up... With the big run, they still had, I think, 99 yards in the ground. Um, 88-ish, 9 yards for Taylor. So they do a good job at not getting beat too bad um, on anything. And so you have Matt Ryan. You can't look too much into that. Ever since that last half of the Super Bowl, it's been all downhill for that guy. Um, but I just think they contain everything really well. You're going to have to try and hit a few big plays. That's the way to beat them. I think keep them guessing. Like uh, So start with some good runs. Keep them guessing. Best way to beat them, they have a solid defensive front overall. Yeah, and I mean, Jonathan Taylor is very much like the opposite of the Packers running backs. Like, he'll have one run for one yard. The next run will be for negative one yard. 
And then, like, eventually he'll just hit, like, that 84-yard mm-hmm. run. Mm-hmm. Well, the sprinter speed. Yeah. He'll, he'll make his house call. The Packers running game seems to be, like, very consistent. They'll be, like, four yards, seven yards, three yards, eight yards. You know, and, like, they'll kind of just keep moving the chains. But they don't have a lot of big play potential. So, that'll be interesting. Well, I think I think if you're there, four yards, eight yards, four yards, eight yards is enough maybe to at least, you know, get them looking in the backfield, get them thinking, run. That's when you hit. I mean, now Christian Watson's the guy, right? So I've said that the last ten games, and nobody seems to care. I guess... This uh, is the game. <laughs> and, I mean, Christian Watson has added such, like, a new element to this offense that we haven't had all year since Devontae left, which is now we can get chunk plays consistently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a big play guy. Yeah, so I think you stick with the run. Yeah. And, and surprise him with... Look for Christian Watson. That's right. You know, like, uh, that scene in Moneyball, in which, like, Jonah Hill's, like, trying to explain why guys are so cheap. And he'll be like, oh, this guy can do this great, he can do this great, but he can't hit the slider or whatever. Sure. That's Christian Watson, right? Like, he is the absolute most perfect prototypical receiver. But You know, great size, great speed, <laughs> but no hands. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, he's like when you make a guy a Madden, and then you use, you like... You forget. You forget, like, one skill, and you used up all of your skill points. <laughs> That seems to be him. So what are the keys to victory for the Green Bay Packers? Uh, like I said, I think you got to keep the Eagles guessing on defense. they got a good front. They added to that, especially with um, with Sue and their, and their signings. You know, he's willing to step on you. <laughs> Definitely uh, so Aaron. I, I think you got to commit to the run, um, you know what I mean, and, and use, use play action, keep them guessing off of that. So, I'm going to go a different route for keys to victory. I think the keys to victory for the Packers are the Packers cornerbacks against the Philadelphia receivers. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are two premier receivers. They love to get them isolated one-on-one on the outside. They like to get really creative with the routes they run. And the Packers seem to be very willing to just let passes be completed in front of them, which scares me a lot. Because they'll run five-yard outs all day, and they'll complete them all day. Devontae Smith especially, that seems to be his specialty. And that's what scares me. I think you have to play a little bit more press man against the Eagles. But Yeah, we don't really... How do you feel about uh, Hurts on the run? Yeah, and I mean, we didn't stop it at all against Josh Allen. I was going to say Allen, I think of him running on us. I mean, and that's obviously a big part of their game. They didn't throw the ball great last week against the Colts, but... Yeah, two completely different styles of runners, right? Josh Allen, more of the... Downhill. Yeah, downhill (laughs) runner. A downhill quarterback. Jalen Hurts, a little bit quicker, a little bit more, likes to get out into space, likes to make some people miss, but... Yeah, completely different, but in my mind, if the Packers' defense can do close to what the Colts' defense did, I think they have a good shot of winning. I just don't think they're going to. No, I don't either. I think, like, I think the Colts caught them on, on a good day. Uh, the offense had some mistakes. I don't know. I think it's going to be a little bit tougher for the Packers. 
prediction. Eagles are six and a half point favorites. Who do you got and why? I have the Eagles. <laughs> okay. Uh, from Philadelphia, uh, because I think, just because it's the Packers, man, we've seen them play. I don't think they're going to be able to step it up to this level. I know the Eagles weren't great last week. I think they still are good enough to get it done. Uh, give me the Eagles 27-17. 27-17. Okay, so Eagles and they cover. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm just really worried about this Eagles offense against the Joe Barry defense. It seems like everything Joe Barry schemes up, which is just keep the play in front of you, you know, don't get beat deep. That kind of seems to like fit right into like what the Eagles like to do. They like, like I said, like they just ran comeback routes to death against mm-hmm. the Colts when I was watching it. Devontae Smith, he's gonna get open. Uh, AJ Brown, he's got big play potential. That doesn't even mention Miles Sanders. I think everything the Packers do, the Eagles are gonna have an answer for. I think this one might actually get a little bit ugly. Give yeah. me. 31-13. I think they palindrome us. Thirty-one <laughs> thirteen Eagles. Not a lot of optimism on this show. Hey, we're wrong a lot, so you never know. That's my hope, is that I'm wrong one last time. <laughs> so, some breaking news happened this morning. Sure. We're filming this show on Wednesday. <laughs> a Brewers traded... Possibly the best offensive player on the Brewers mm-hmm. for what I would say is not a great haul in return. So what are your thoughts on the Hunter Renfro trade? Hunter Renfro. Uh, we talked about this, right? We, we tossed yeah. this around last week. And I believe I said last week I didn't like it. I wasn't going to like it. Um, so I, I think I said the premise of it. Right, when you're a bad offense, and I think, you know, maybe we're leaving the era of bad offenses a little bit with the bigger bags and the, uh, you know, shift banning. Maybe we'll get more offensive just because of the rules changes, but this is one of the worst offenses I've seen the Brewers the last couple years. So to trade your actual best hitter, um, like I said, was always going to kind of rub me the wrong way. Like, you're set up with pitching. You know, uh, Woodruff Burns, uh, Williams in the back end. So to saw off your best offensive piece, already not a good look. Like you said, uh, not a great haul. What do you think? So I'm going to give you the Hunter Renfro quote today after he found out he was being traded by the Brewers. Because I think it's kind of hilarious. I could see the writing on the wall as far as how much the Brewers were going to have to put into arbitration, guys, being a middle market team, knowing the place I like to be money-wise. Sure. So Pretty much he's saying that we're cheap as shit, <laughs> and he knew that we already have some arbitration players, and he's on like the, the chopping block. Yeah, and it also kind of just sounds like, in a weird way, he seems to think like he's too big for Milwaukee. Which is kind of weird, because he seems like a Milwaukee guy. I don't know. To me, like a, the whole thing about it, a lot of people made a big deal. He's going to be on his fifth team in five years. Yep. So I feel like he's one of those guys that is good, but when you're looking at sinking the big money into, 
probably expendables to some teams, especially when you're talking a team like Milwaukee that's not going to pay for anybody. <laughs> I think that's kind of what I think he's coming from. Um, I mean, he's not wrong, you know. He's like, oh, I hit 260. The Brewers don't want to pay for that. Yeah, it, he ain't and, wrong. We don't want to pay for that. And it really seems like the Brewers should want to pay for 260. That's why I'm a little salty about it. Yeah. And so do you have, like, the three guys that they got back in the trade? I do. I do. Jansen? So I want to say Jansen always. But the J&J. So Jansen Junk, <laughs> uh, Elvis Piguero, and Adam Seminaris. Okay. And what what are their stats? You know how it be. They'd be kind of some AAA, some not. I think Junk was pretty good in AAA. Um, but for the Angels, only three appearances. 648 ERA. Oof. Um, eight and a third. Not a lot of innings. Uh, Peguero is the one I think I've heard that could be like a good bullpen guy. Same thing again. 13 appearances, so not a lot. 675. Okay. In uh, <laughs> 17 innings. Um, and then he did 38 games for Salt Lake. I think he's like... The, most of the guys were good AAA numbers. And then Seminars, I think, is still um, pretty far away. Here's some AAA numbers. Uh, seven eleven with a three fifty four. I guess that's all, all minor league. I think the Brewers are trying to be the first team to guarantee every single person in the bleachers gets a home run ball. <laughs> you know, I, that's a great giveaway. You know, <laughs> when we play Matt Bush and the two new guys, and you know some of the yeah. other randos that they bring up from AAA. Like, hey, like they're probably gonna give up some home runs. <laughs> That's a new giveaway now. Yeah. Now Adonazio can save money on a on a promotion. Yeah, he's like, what do you want a bobblehead for? Just go sit in the bleachers. There's <laughs> fifty balls rain out at night. Oh man. So you might be right. I think my biggest problem with the trade, I just don't see the direction in it. I want the Brewers to either build for the now or build for the future and not try to do both simultaneously. Right, right. It's yeah, highly yeah. unlikely that you're going to be able to build the team that can actually... For both. Yeah, that can actually, like, you know... You gotta commit to something. Yeah, like, don't give me, like, these AAA relievers and then try to have a bullpen of Hobie Milners. And also, don't and don't talk to Corbin Burns. Yeah, right. So you're trading every... You're trading away Hader and, and Renfro and anyone... Else that could potentially be paid. And then here's Corbin Burns saying, well, I thought they'd come talk to me about an extension. Well, what are you saving this money for? So Mark can buy another soccer team? <laughs> so he can move the Brewers to Norwich. Do you think the Brewers are trying... Because in my no. mind... Trying to what? <laughs> we should be building, if we're not going to build for the now, we should be trying to put the best prospects around Jackson Churio. Mm-hmm. Sure. And just be like, hey, we're okay. probably going to suck for a couple of years. But in like 2026, 20, we're going to be incredible. Why Why don't they do that? Like, why do they try to always be the Herb Cole? I think they might be trying to do that without doing it at full sale. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like fire sale little by little. Because I think what that would entail eventually, if you're like, if we just want to put the best prospects... And look for the future only. I think that means selling the big pitching. Yeah. So I I feel like cutting it into parts and selling it piece by piece, maybe to them seems more palatable to the fans. But 
I don't know. I'm I'm with you. At some point, you're kind of you're stranding the best pieces that you have without getting like anything that's going to be viable for the foreseeable future. Uh, and I get making these decisions that don't make any sense at all right. if you're winning. Ooh, well, but when you start making these decisions that don't really make any sense. Right, it's me. like you already had like, catching up to do. Like the Hater trade, like the Hunter Renfro trade. Just like a handful of like other moves they made, like Trevor Rosenthal. Oh my god. It's like... That's like an all-time blunder, right? It's just so like tough to figure out, and they at a certain point, you're trying to be the smartest guy <laughs> in the room, and you're just like looking like the dumbest guy in the room, so... I don't know. It, it's just so frustrating, but... Is there going to be another move because of this? Are they going to use this cap space that they freed up to make a splashy free agent signing? I don't think so. Um, would I like it? Sure. Um, we talked about we talked about some guys by trade. We didn't really talk about free agents. Um, I think honestly we're going to see more trades going the other way. I think we'll sell Wong. I've heard the Seattle Mariners are very interested in Colton Wong. Makes I'm sense. not sure exactly what they're offering. I'm sure it won't Can't be, be any worse. anything. Yeah. Maybe like a nice bag of chips. Do you guys have some AAA pitchers you don't want anymore? <laughs> Do you guys have some pitchers you've given up on? Because <laughs> we'll take them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe we can give up on them too. <laughs> in a fucking, yeah. Um, so I think, honestly, unfortunately, trades are going to be going mostly the other way. Because we talked about Hunter. We invoked it, and it happened. I'm going to say expect Wong to be traded. Maybe a couple others. A couple others. Like Lauer. Actually, I don't think they'll trade Lauer just because he's affordable. Like, it seems yeah. like we want the guy who's 80% as good as the top guy. Sure. For 20% of the price. I think was too good for the last couple months. Right after he made that Josh uh, hitter comment... He, he went off. And I think now we're thinking, sell him high. I mean, maybe. Sell him high. So we can get four AAA relievers for Eric Lauer. With a total ERA of 400. <laughs> and then we can sell off Colton Wong. Yeah. And then we can get two more AAA relievers. <laughs> and then we'll sell off Corbin Burns and get 12 AAA relievers. <laughs> Stop it. And, and we'll, we'll be a 26-man roster of AAA <laughs> relievers. Hey, man. They know something I don't. I also don't think they're going to win any more games than I would. So, Next moves, I'm going to give you two names. Hypothetically, if we do decide to go, like, you know, I don't want to say all in. Because right. these are not right. names for Aaron it. Jones. But if we were going to use that $11 million <laughs> that we didn't use on a Hunter Renfro for two guys... Um, here are the two names that are big on social media. Maybe Cardiff City. Oh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Because ten million was the stake he put in for Nord. So you're thinking another soccer team? Uh give me Josh Bell. About two years, twenty million for Josh Bell. Seems to be what he's a free agent. Would you Would you do it? Is he better than Hunter Renfro? One or the other. Um, but Bell's a first baseman. First baseman. Slash DH. They're both first baseman. Both the names I'm going to give you. So, Honestly, yeah. I would... Rowdy had... I mean, 
Bell's not an average guy either. Nope. Low average, high walks, high home runs. So he's just, he's taller, rowdy. <laughs> Maybe rowdy hit, like hits Bell. for a higher average. But um, but I feel like, is he similar to rowdy at a higher price? Essentially, yeah. Okay. What's the next name? Jose Abreu. Similar. He's got to be expensive, right? Uh, No, he's like 36 mean? now, so older. Uh, I heard, I saw... His expected value is two years, $26 million. Okay. And you said 36 Yep. And... We can fact check that, but... He hit 304? So, he's already disqualified. What does 304 mean? <laughs> like, when when it says A, B... Wow, I was way off. So, he's what? 29. Oh, and we're not getting him. Wait, wait, no, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. I was right the first time. He's 35. He's 35. 35. Okay, hold on. Eleven million in twenty twenty, according to this. Yep. Bro, three or four. Yeah. Fifteen home runs though. Who cares? No, like, I don't I'm... think. Um, I guess we're not Stearns anymore, but I feel like Arnold's a similar mold. First base is not the position where you want fifteen home runs. Everyone else in the Brewers has fifteen home runs. It's weird. It's weird that I'm I'm normally an average guy, but my first baseman I want some pops. I would much rather have a Brayu than Bell. I think. I mean, we do have a DH now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I want a little pop out of the first baseman. I do like the three hundred four. I haven't seen a number like that in a long time. Um, Bell, I think, is as much as I like Josh Bell as a player. I think he's kind of just overpaid Rowdy when you look yeah. at the numbers. Yeah, and the Brewers really need a guy who can hit close to 300 so that's what i like about sure. Abreu. yeah yeah at a certain point i get it you know the analytics say a sing one solo home run is equivalent to three singles right you hit three singles in an inning you but score what is one a run. single in front of a solo home run and that's the well and that's the other thing too um it also yeah, doesn't you know I mean? mention the run. pressure that it puts on the defense it's a lot tougher right, to the do pitcher. the shifts and things like that when you, you have runners on base. Guy, you got to think about a man yeah. as a pitcher. I, I don't think analytics necessarily account for I that. I just, for me, and I love seeing average, there's other positions where you're supposed to get the average and the hits from. First well, we don't get it from those positions. Nope, so we don't. <laughs> might as well get right. it from first base. Can't argue with that. <laughs> um, so, last real topic... The Wisconsin Badgers play the Minnesota Golden Gophers. It's a rivalry game. It really is. And I, so Bad Wisconsin's guy. a three point, three and a half point favorite. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. You I know? don't. I'm a little shocked. I don't know if I see it. I guess Camp Randall's the giving home, us a three point home, favorite. Yeah, I think so. Has Minnesota passed us in terms of just a better all around football program? I hate to say it, I really do. Uh, I think so. From what we've seen, they beat us last year. This year, I mean, we've been so inconsistent everywhere. We haven't even been able to rely on the things that made you feel like uh, gave the batters their identity. The line and the run, you know, we, we barely had those this year. So I feel like Minnesota is just like kind of every other team in the Big Ten West where they've stumbled to. But I still think uh, even with the stumble, they're a little further than we are. So I'm going to go, yeah. I think, unfortunately, they have. 
So I believe Minnesota is what seven and five. What's the? Do you have the record just ready to go? There's really not that much separating them in terms of record. When you look at common opponents, they have pretty similar records. You know, there's certain teams Wisconsin did better against. There's certain sure. teams mm-hmm. Minnesota did better against. So I I don't want to say that they passed us. But I think they've at least matched us. If they win on Saturday, then I think it's pretty difficult to say that they haven't passed us. Sure. I mean, I mean, it's hard for me even because they were our little brother for the longest. It felt like yeah, twenty years. So to me, it's almost like them catching us is them passing us. I remember you know what I mean? when Nebraska came into the Big Ten, and Brett Bielema was their coach, and he said. I hope Nebraska can become our rival, because we don't have a rival right now. <laughs> Clearly a shot at Minnesota. Yeah. I always thought that was hilarious, and now Not I feel anymore. like we're probably about to eat our words Yeah, a little bit. So. We pissed off the yellow squirrel. <laughs> so it's very frustrating. But the rumor is Jim Leonard will be named the next head coach officially. What are your thoughts on that? Jim, Jim, Jim. I like it. You know, I think Jim, I think he's a he's a leader of young men. You know what I mean? I think he can inspire the players. I think he can get some guys to come to Wisconsin that maybe wouldn't have. Maybe defensive players. Maybe. Um, and, and I think, his, you know, the losses that we've suffered under him have been close. I think he'll be good for the batters. Yeah, and the most important thing for any college coach is can they recruit Mm-hmm. We will have to see about that because it seems like they've gotten good talent on defense since he's been defensive coordinator. But can he recruit offensive talent? Can he recruit offensive linemen? Lyman. That's the big we thing. We need to get back that identity. And I've never really understood why we don't get the top running back in the country each year. Like you would think, like, hey, we're going to give you the right. ball 30 times. Yep. I get why we don't get like the top receivers. Mm-hmm. Like sure. I wouldn't if yeah, I was a top five receiver, sure. I wouldn't go to Wisconsin. You know, let me go to Oklahoma or Alabama or somewhere where they're gonna throw the ball fifty times. Right, you get showcased. But if I was like the top running back, Wisconsin would be at the top of my list. Right. So linemen, same thing. Yeah, linemen, same thing. Linebackers, same thing. I think you know they always have really good linebackers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we will see how he recruits. Overall, I'm happy. I'm glad that it's a Wisconsin guy. Right, right, yeah. I think we all are. You know, we just got to see if it works or not, but, you know, he's got my confidence. Go Jim, Jim, Jim. Go Jim. Jim, Jim, Jim. So, what's your prediction? Badgers are three-point favorites. Camp Randall. (sighs) As, As much as I hate. P.J. Flack and his damn boat. I hope we sink that boat and that damn yellow squirrel. I just, last week really kind of popped some holes in, in my confidence, especially in Graham and being able to give a diversified attack so that you just can't key in on Braylon Allen in the run all day. Um, I will go, I'm going to I'm gonna go the Burgundy team. Wins, and I'm going to say... 23 to 13. I'm also going to go Minnesota. Graham Mertz has the yips. 
just missing wide open I guys. I have to admit it. Yeah. He looks like Aaron Rodgers right now. I mean, well, then will they take him out? Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Bad Aaron Rodgers. Broken thumb Aaron Rodgers. Will they take him out? Is now the time to is now the time to pop in Chase Wolf? Probably not, right? Like no, but I, you it's last game of the season. Squirrels. You gotta, yeah. Like at this point, like if you were gonna take him out, you should take him out. It. You know, two, I know what you, mean. you should have taken him out against Iowa. When he threw for 50 yards or whatever. I actually think he threw for 50 yards a week before against Maryland. He had a good end of the game against Nebraska. 77 in Maryland. Um, he had that really nice pass to Garendo down the sideline. The quarterback sneak. He got absolutely demolished on the two-point conversion. So we'll see what his yips level is at. Give me Minnesota 28 14. Mm. Doubled up. Yep. Doubled up. It'll be 14-14 at half, and we will just shit our pants in the second half. Wow. And usually we're the team that forces the pants shitting. Nope. They're going to shit in our own draws. (laughs) So, funsies topic this week. What is your favorite college football rivalry? It's rivalry week. What's your favorite? Uh, give me the game. The game. The biggest one. Ohio State, Michigan. Um, it's been rejuvenated in the past years. Um, and I say this as a guy that leans Michigan. Leans, um, bro. You're full on. <laughs> okay, I did visit Ann Arbor. Okay. But um, Michigan's actually kind of, they've woken up in recent years. They seem like they were dead. Joke's on you. They're back alive. Um, some no, of Aiden go, Hutchinson to save them this year. Yeah. How do you know? You know? Hey, you saw the Eli Manning thing. What are the chances we can get a kind of a Chad Power situation going? Chad. <laughs> Run fast, Chad. Run um, fast, Chad. So I think Michigan's really livened up that rivalry. That's my top football college rivalry for me. How about you? So, a couple ones. Oh. I like Alabama-Auburn, the Iron Bowl. Okay. I like, not a rivalry week one, but I like the Red River, Texas-Oklahoma. Hmm. And then wow. the classic, Army-Navy. Army-Navy. Give me Army-Navy. Great football rivalry. They still run, like, the option on both teams. That's incredible. <laughs> How do you not like that game? It's so archaic. It's like you're watching football on a time machine. Because I like passing. Okay, I like nostalgia. I pass on the game. (laughs) (laughs) All right, is that it? I think that's it. All right, we're Thurston 10. Follow us on Twitter at Thurston1069. Cheers. Peace.